back. James Hard with the range, oh me nigga, way back. Homie stars with your lanes, I thought we were way back. I can James Harden with the way back. I fall asleep with a tech. Flashing all the pills on my desk. Wearing every chain on my neck. We in the house. I can't get no rest. I ride around with a tech. Flashing all the pills on my desk. Wearing every chain on my neck. Episode 56. You get it. We back. Let's go. Let's go, T. Scott. Let's go, Travis. James Harden with the range, you already know. Episode 56, we back. Let's go. Definitely in a good zone right now, too. I feel like this is going to be a tough episode to get through for some reason. I don't know why, man. But mm-hmm. It's off definitely one of my favorite albums of Travis Scott before Beebs in a Trap. Definitely a classic. Get it, episode 56, Pondy Head Top. Had to start out with that Travis Scott. And when I was thinking about it, man, I miss Travis Scott, yo. Travis Scott was my favorite artist as far as like 
new artists. I mean, he ain't like Jay-Z or um, Kendrick, Drake. He ain't, he, I don't really place him with, with that era. I place Travis with the with the new era, with the, you know, Travis, the Uzis, um, Little Babies, the Baby. I place Travis in that era of rappers. And when I think about it, yeah, Travis is still my favorite. He's still my favorite of the new era rappers. I think he's been quiet ever since that incident that happened at Astro Fest, which was just, I mean, uh, you know, something that he really couldn't control. But he did, it appears as if he did kind of take the fall for it. But, I mean, when you think about Travis Scott's catalog, they're all classics. Astro Real Beeves on the Trap, Rodeo. I mean, they're all classic. He he hasn't missed yet with an album. So, I uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I used to listen to Travis Scott all the time. I went to Beeves in the Trap concert and the Astro Real concert. Astro Real concert was probably the best, one of the best concerts, probably the best concert I've ever been to. This dude had a roller coaster at the concert. So, um, yeah, man, shout out to Travis Scott, man. We waiting for new music. We waiting for a new album. Uh, definitely get back with Kylie Jenner. I don't know if you tripping on that one, but definitely get back with Kylie Jenner. You definitely, you're not supposed to leave her or whatever will happen. Make it work. Uh, yeah, man, you got it. Episode 56. Um, y'all probably like, man, what happened to episode 55? Okay, episode 55 is still being edited as we speak. Episode 55 was my first visual episode, and I had fun recording it. I was also nervous recording it, but it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely a vibe, though. It was definitely a vibe. I mean, the whole, you know, using the microphone and... and uh, just having a visual with my backgrounds, yeah, that was that was fire. So hopefully, I mean, what I what I what I've also learned about recording is that you need storage. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I guess I kind of knew that beforehand, but I never really paid attention to to it. But yeah, storage is a is a major factor in, in this recording um, media age, especially if you're recording from the phone. Uh, so I'm having a hard time kind of extracting the video uh, from my phone to a computer or even onto some sort of editing app. Uh, but my child is supposed to be helping me out with that. Shout out to her. That's what she does. And um, hopefully I got the visual. Uh, yeah, so, so not, yeah, so let me let me kind of uh, backtrack a little bit. So since I can't extract the video onto my computer, I can't upload the audio. I tried to upload the audio via the phone on the the website, not on the app, but on the actual website. It wouldn't it wouldn't work. So you'll get episode fifty five sooner than later, hopefully sooner. Not really sure, but um, yeah, man. So you got it, man. Uh, trying to think of where I want to start. I definitely want to start with the basketball, but I also I also got to realize that this is not. Because I'm getting a little, you know, I'm getting kind of too sportsy right now. This is not just a sports podcast. 
And I felt like my video and even the episode before that, uh, a lot of sports took up a lot of my time. So unless I'm going to extend the episodes, um, I got to somehow shorten the sports segments. So bear with me. You know, this is all, like I said, this is all a learning process. Um, Yeah, so just bear with me, man. Bear with it, brother, man. Keep tuning in, man. Keep tapping in uh, when you can. And we're going to keep uh, busting out this content. It's not going to be all sports related. But we starting with sports right now. Especially, you know, with the song I just played, James Harden, get mentioned uh, in the song. Um, We got to start out with James Harden. And for most of this season in Philly, he's been asked to be a facilitator because the team is built around Embiid. But unfortunately, Embiid was sidelined for the opener of this second-round playoff series with the Boston Celtics. And Philly needed a vintage James Harden. And that's what they got. Harden matched his career playoff high with 45 points and a go-ahead step-back three-pointer over Al Horford with eight points seconds left as the 76ers rallied without Embiid to beat Boston 119-115 in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. Tyrese Maxey added 26 points. Tobias Harris finished with 18 for the Sixers, who um, ended up making 17 three-pointers. That's a lot of threes. You know, if, if, you, if you're not going to shoot threes with Boston, you're going to have a hard time beating them. They have a lot of shooters, and they have a lot of people capable of getting hot. Um, one of those people being Jason Tatum, who led the Celtics with 39 points and 11 rebounds. Jalen Brown... Not really sure what happened to him after the first quarter, but he finished with 23 points. Um, scored 14 in the first quarter. Uh, after that, pretty quiet. Malcolm Brogdon finished with 20 points. Um, Tatum definitely, you know, Tatum was definitely getting busy. He was getting busy. He had 20 points in the second quarter. And from what I what I've seen, my 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 kind of take from the game is that Philly can definitely beat Boston. They shot a very high percentage. Uh, You got to think, Boston shot 74% in the first half, but only led by three going into halftime. Now, I don't expect Philly to shoot 55% from three in the first half, 11 for 19. I I do not expect that to keep going on, but if anything, their percentage will go down, what, maybe 15%? Boston's percentage, if it was to go down to 15%, they'd still be shooting 60%. I just don't see that happening. Not with Embiid back out on the court, um, giving you the rim protection that you need. So I do not see that happening. Um, I think I still have Boston winning this series, maybe in six, maybe in seven. But with the way Philly played today, I may be flipping my pick. Just like I flipped my pick... With the Sacramento Kings, Golden State Warriors, uh, flipped it to the wrong side. I had Warriors in seven. I should have stuck with it um, because that's what it ended up being. But, uh, yeah, man, I got got to stop saying man. I got to stop that. But, yeah, I got uh, 76ers losing to the Boston Celtics, I believe, in seven, maybe even six. It's also possible. 
not really sure. Um, dang, man, I'm jacked up. I took some sinus medicine. It got me kind of woozy. Um, so yeah, that was that was the early game. The second game, Denver against the Phoenix Suns. Jokic scored 39 points, pulled down 16 rebounds, um, which was a strong showing the day before the MVP uh, is announced. And Denver won a 97-87 win over Phoenix, giving them a 2-0 lead over the Suns in the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, Even with an off night by Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., uh, who combined to to miss 17 of 22 shots, um, you know, Jokic and the, the Nuggets still find a way to get it done. And um, Devin Booker led Phoenix with 35 points. Durant added 24 points. But combined, they missed a whopping 32 shots, including 14 from long range. So I'm a little surprised by Denver being up 2 nothing. But then when I think about it, I'm really not. They have the player that is regarded as the two-time MVP, potentially the third three-time MVP. They have Aaron Gordon. I think he was an all-star in Orlando. Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. Those two are all-star capable players. Uh, Caldwell Pope is a 44, maybe 43 point something, 44% three-point shooter. Has a championship on his resume. Uh, he finished with 14 points on 4 for 4 from behind the arc, including back-to-back switches that erased the 73-70 to deficit and put the Nuggets ahead for good. Um, there's a caveat to this whole thing is that in the fourth quarter, no, I'm sorry, late in the third quarter, Chris Paul did go down with a groin injury, and we're not really sure how long that injury is going to be. But I will say this, if Chris Paul can give it a go, he definitely will give it a go. So we will see what happens with that moving forward. What in the world just happened, bro? Oh, man. Yeah, this this sinus medicine got me jacked up. I may have to stop recording. It definitely got me feeling very woozy. So we got to hit a momentary pause. Okay, we back after the momentary pause. Uh, yeah, that, that sinus med- man, that sinus medicine had me drowsy. It had me... I don't know, man. It just, it just kind of had me... Uh, Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the word is that I'm looking for, but I I couldn't keep my eyes open. Like it was crazy. Um, yeah, man. So I, let me let me try to get back to where is that, man. Uh, Phoenix down two nothing to the um, to the Nuggets. We'll see what happens when they get back home. Uh, the others, you know, Phoenix has not got much from their bench these past two games, but you know when you go home, the others always play better. So we will see what happens moving forward with that. Um, 
What did we have? We got the Heat and the Knicks today. Uh, the Heat are up one nothing. Um, Jimmy Butler, game one, finished with 25 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals in 43 minutes. Um, he did kind of injure his ankle late in the game. Um, but the Heat were winning 95-92 when that did happen. And Jimmy Butler played the decoy role uh, for the remaining part of the game. Uh, Kyle Lowry finished with 18 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Uh, Kyle Lowry also had four four blocks, which is crazy. Um, but, I mean, he had all around a great floor game. So the update on Jimmy Butler's ankle right now is that he still hobbled. He's he's getting treatment around the clock. Uh, it appears as if he's going to try to give it a go. But there won't be any real update until before the game. Also, the Knicks got to watch out for Gabe Vincent. He had 20 points that game. And he's been shooting the ball lights out lately. He's definitely been shooting the ball lights out. And we'll we'll see what happens. Man. If the Heat can win another game in in uh, in you know Madison Square Garden, the Knicks are in trouble because I don't think that they go back and get two games in Miami. So uh, R.J. Barrett twenty six points, Jalen Brunson twenty five for the Knicks. Um, I mean they you know the Knicks started out the game strong. They led for most of the first half, but the Heat eventually you know took over and kind of quieted Madison Square Garden and ultimately came out with a win. I do like the Knicks to win today. I will say that. Uh, I do believe that R.J. Barrett plays a better game. And and, and, and the caveat is that the, the, the Knicks are playing without Julius Randle. I do like... The next chances, I just don't see them going down 0-2, man, because I think if they go down 0-2, um, unlike with the Phoenix series, Phoenix is going home down down 2-0. Uh, the Knicks, they will be going on the road down 2-0. I just don't see them coming back for that. I just, I just don't see it. Um, I mean, but but all bets are off of Jimmy Butler cannot go today. Uh, Miami potentially should think about resting him. I mean, they you know, but see, I guess they, there's always that whole thing about we came to get one you know, on the road, but why not get two? You know what I mean? You're not coming to lose. Why not get two? So that's kind of the, the, uh, that's kind of how Miami and Philly should be looking at it. Why not get two? So we, we'll see what happens with that moving forward. Game two is tonight in Madison Square Garden, I believe, 730. Um, and we also have the Lakers and the Warriors. Uh, of course, Steph Curry went crazy in Game 7 against Sacramento. Finished with 50 points, 20-38 shooting. Most points scored in a Game 7 in NBA history. And, I mean, what we saw was an all-time epic performance, which I, I tweeted out, you know, during the game, the Sacramento, you know, they had the lead and they had the crowd. But for some reason, I felt like, you know, Curry was going to put on the all-time, uh, you know, great performance. And sure enough, he, he he did do it. He did do it. I um, I think we. I don't think anybody doubts Curry and what he can do. 
But, I mean, this was the fifth game seven the Warriors played in during the past 10 seasons. All of them have been, you know, had some sort of notoriety. Um, they lost to the Clippers in 2014. They came back from a 3-1 advantage in 2016 against the Oklahoma City Thunders. And they also, you know, lost a 3-1 lead uh, to the Cavs in the NBA Finals. So they played in, the, in a lot of Game 7s. They, had, they also had the, the big Game 7 against the Rockets, where Houston missed 27 straight threes. And, you know, Curry has always been the catalyst in those games. Uh, his 38-shot attempts were the most he had in the NBA game. 22 points in the paint were also a career high. But, I mean, the Golden State needed every point because Curry didn't get any help from his teammates. Thompson, one for 11, five points in the first half. Oh, one for one for 10, I'm sorry. Jordan Poole, just five points in the first half. And in the first half, I mean, the Kings appeared to be dominating the game. But shout out to Kevon Looney. He He was a force on the boards again. Grabbed 10 rebounds in the Warriors' third quarter, eight of them on the offensive glass. Looney is, has been very dominant in the paint. And the thing about what Golden State with Kayvon Looney is that Golden State, they take a lot of jumpers and they miss a lot of shots. But when you give them extra opportunities, they're going to make you pay. That, that's ultimately you know, what's going to happen. They're going to make you pay, and that is, you know, I mean, how often do you know what they say? Two for a dollar. You miss one shot, you get another one. You usually make the second one. So um, that's going to be a big deal moving forward against the Lakers. Uh, AD and the Kevon Looney matchup, or whoever's matching up with Looney. Not sure who it's going to be, but they must keep him off the glass. That is for sure. Uh, Curry ended up having 30 points in the second half. And I mean Sacramento ultimately, I mean they they had a they had a a good run. They had a very good run. They snapped a 16-year playoff drought, longest in NBA history. They had the coach of the year with Mike Brown. Um and they had I mean, you can take nothing away from the season that Sacramento had. Sabonis finished the game with 22 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. De'Aaron Fox did not have a, you know, a typical De'Aaron Fox game. 16 points, 5 of 19 shooting. But, I mean, also, he was hurt. So, I don't think, you know, we got the the best of what Fox was showing in Game 7, this Game 7. But, um, Sacramento, they're, you know, they got I think they need to keep their core together. I think that that core is, is Monk, Fox, and Sabonis. I think that they might need another big... Uh, other than Sabonis, I think Trey Lyles is a good piece off the bench. Uh, Keegan Murray has definitely been a, a very bright spot. He has a good future ahead of him. Kevin Herter, I mean, so they, they have a lot of pieces. I think there's still one more piece away from being a, a real contender. So I believe they need another big. I'm not sure who that big is going to be, but they need another big. Someone that that can, you know, get them, you know, maybe 10 points, maybe seven rebounds a game uh, coming off the bench. But paint points, though, 
Uh, not jump shots like Trey Lyles shoots, but Sacramento, they're, they're right there, though. Uh, De'Aaron Fox definitely is a star in the making. There's no doubt about that. He's definitely one of the better point guards uh, in the game. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward, what that front office does moving forward, what they got. So, but let's, let's, let's take nothing away from what they did this year, especially Mike Brown. I think what we've seen is Mike Brown as a coach. Uh, he's always, you know, been well-respected in the league. He's always been um, someone that can get the most out of his players. And that continued to happen this year. So, and you know, we see the the uh, the, uh, the clip of him running down the sideline. You know what I mean? Um, I think that was early in training camp. And he's taking off sprinting, you know what I mean? Just trying to show his players, you know, you know how, how to get back on D. So, um, you know that, but that's that's the type of coach you want to play for. That's the type of coach that you will run through a wall for. And just shout out to him though, man. He said he said some some uh, pretty pretty good coaching stints at you know different places. But um, yeah, let's give it up for Sacramento Kings though, man. Good season for Sacramento. Kid club, we we'll make it club. So. I kind of want to transition out of the sports. Oh no, let, let's let's one more thing about the sports though. This is the first time ever the playoffs have had every seed one through eight in the playoffs. So I believe the one seed is Denver. The two seed is, and this is through both uh, East and West divisions. The two seed I believe is Boston. The three seed would be the Seventy Sixers. The four seed would be the Phoenix Suns. The five seed would be the New York Knicks. The six seed would be the um, Golden State Warriors. The seven seed would be the Los Angeles Lakers. The eight seed would be the Miami Heat. That's the first time that all eight seeds have advanced uh, in the NBA playoffs, which is definitely kind of crazy. Um, and it, it just goes to show the parity, you know, in NBA basketball right now, especially in the West. But... Uh, yeah, so that that was one more caveat that I kind of wanted to put out there. And speaking of the Heat, Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow was sitting courtside. And Jack Harlow just dropped the album, too. So shout out to Jack Harlow. He was sitting courtside at uh, the, at the Knicks Heat game. And... I guess there was a time when Kyle Lowry uh, dove for a loose ball and he landed on Jack Harlow's lap. And Jack Harlow said, I don't want to misquote him, but he said, there are no lies. His thing, his his bleep, it feels like a pillow. There's something to that effect. He was talking about Kyle Lowry and, and you know, there's a, you know, a running joke around Kyle Lowry having like a big butt, you know what I mean? And, uh, Jack Harlow kind of put that down there. Shout out to Jack Harlow. Just dropped the Jackman album. And, you know, I guess that's a super pause moment. You know, Cameron would definitely pause that all the way. 
uh, with Jack saying that. But, you know, Jack is, is definitely, you know, he plays around like that. He plays around like that with Drewski. Um, that's just something that he typically does. Uh, speaking of Drewski, I'm going to see Drewski this weekend um, in the Berg. I forget where he's going to be at. I think Hans Hall or something like that. But I'll be there. Um, but, yeah, so so Jack Jack put out a statement that he's the best white rapper alive or best white rapper ever. I, and so I, I had to, you know what I mean? So I had to go ahead, I had to go in and, you know, do my deep dive on who I thought were the best white rappers. So I got a top five, my top five white rappers list, man. And we're going to get into it. And I don't, I mean, Jack, I like Jack Harlow, but he is not the best rapper, the best white rapper. He's not. I mean, he's just not. So let's kind of, let's get into this, um, top five list of who I think are the best white rappers. Now, of course, my list, it might be a little bass, but it might not be. I don't know. Coming in at number one. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Let me start. No, coming in at number five. Let me come in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going we to go backwards. Coming in at number five, I have G-Eazy. Coming in at number five, I have G-Eazy who I think is definitely one of the better white rappers. Um, definitely, you know, song with No Limit with A$AP Rocky and Cardi B. Definitely a classic. Uh, he got a couple other jams, you know what I mean? But I think that's his most notable song. Um, He got a jam with Halsey, him and I. Yeah, so I, I got I got G Easy up there, man. I have G Easy up there. I got him coming in at number five on my um, you know, top five white rappers list, man. Coming in at number four, I got Jack. I'm taking nothing away from Jack Harlow. I got Jack Harlow coming in at number four on my my white rappers list. Industry baby is is definitely a, a classic. First class is a timeless record. He also got Churchill's Downs with Drake, What's Poppin', you know, the original and the remix. Uh, his Come Home, to, you know, Come Home to Kids. I think it's Come Home to Kids. Miss You, I believe. That was a classic album. I thought that was a good album. You know what I mean? I thought that was a decent album. Um, He got the Tyler Hero Jam, which is definitely crazy. Hold on. Matter of fact, yeah, that Tyler Hero Jam was, was hard, man. That was. Matter of fact, we're going we gonna to play a little bit of that too right now. Because that was hard. This is hard. I'm sorry. This is super hard right here. That's hard. That that Tyler that Tyler Hero jam was hard, man. Jack was in his bag with that. I I can't even front. He was in his bag with that. That jam is that's that's the top. Yeah, that's that's official. Uh, Industry Baby with Little Nas X is also one of my favorite jams that he's ever done. 
And and I think I think Jack is still he still has, you know, higher to reach. He might end up higher on this list at some point. That's definitely possible. But right now I got him at number four. Number three, I got Post Malone. Now, is Post Malone considered a rapper? I I guess so. I mean he play he makes like alternative rap music. But I think whoa, what was that? I think that uh what was that? Maybe two was that two or three years ago? Post Malone had the, the you know, he had the game on the chokehold. Um He had what was that jam with him in twenty one? I believe Rockstar. Yeah, Rockstar. That's a cl- I mean that's that's a classic record. That's a timeless record. That's one of the that was one of the bigger songs. I don't know what year that was though. What year was was Rockstar? Twenty eighteen, because I think it was on the Beer Bongs and Bentley album. Yes, twenty eighteen. Come on, man. That that's a classic record. Uh what else do you post? Sunflower. Um, Better Now. Definitely another, you know, wanna post these better songs. I like yeah, I like Sunflower. Sunflower was definitely White Iverson is definitely a, a classic. Congratulations. Definitely a classic. Hold up, but I gotta I gotta hit this snippet of Rockstar because this was definitely this was 2017. This was this had the club going crazy. Of course, 21 feature is you know what I mean, definitely has a big part in this song. Everybody remembers when that joint came out. That had the club going crazy. Um, so we can't, yeah, we can't deny post. You know his talent, his overall talent, and what he can do. The thing about Post Malone is that it seems like he's kind of been—I don't want to say blackballed, but he just hasn't hasn't had a record, you know, that big uh, as of late. So. Um. But yeah, I I definitely feel that like he's definitely the top five, you know, white rapper of all time. Um, coming in at number two, I got Eminem. I know a lot of people are gonna, you know, give me some flack about Eminem not being number one. And I get it, but I've never heard one Eminem song in the club. I don't think I can give you top top rapper status. If I've never heard one of your songs outside of like any, I've never heard none anywhere. Of course, the classics that Eminem had, Lose Yourself, Real Slim Shady. Um, I mean, there's no denying what Eminem has meant to the culture. Uh, what, you know, his lyrics, 8 Mile, the movie. Um, he got the jam with, with Rihanna Monster. I mean, there's, I mean, there's no denying. I'm not sitting here trying to like act like Eminem is not, 
great. Uh, of course, lyrically, he's one of the the better. I mean, he he has he has a skill set that not many have. Um, but I don't have him. Num- I just I can't put somebody number one whose songs I've never really played or heard, other than like you know in a inside. You know what I mean? I've never heard any of his jams being played outside. I, it, it, I just never heard them. Um, Eight Mile is definitely a classic movie. Just off that movie alone, it's kind of based off uh, Eminem's real life. So just based off that movie alone, he's definitely on the list. I know a lot of people say that he's the you know the, one of the best lyricists of all time, which he is. I'm not saying that he's not. But for me... No man, I don't have. I just don't have him up there. I, I just don't. Um, is he is he a legend? Yes, he is. Some people have him in the top ten. I don't, but some people do. You know what I mean? And I and I, and I can't say nothing. I can't say nothing about it. Hard to debate that. But for me, coming in at number one is Mac Miller. Man, is Mac Miller? It, that, that's a, that should be an obvious choice. Mac is the coolest, you know what I mean, coolest white rapper that we've ever seen. He got many jams, Donald Trump, uh, sir, I mean, like, yeah, Mac Miller, just, I mean, he got jams, man. Good news, I don't really, I mean, Party on Fifth Ave, I mean, Mac Miller just has, and lyrically, he's up there with Eminem, he can, he can compete with anybody lyrically. He's had some of the better albums, um, and I just I'm I have him number one. I, I mean I I just do. I don't have. I mean, am I biased? Because you know Mac is from from the Berg, from Pittsburgh. Maybe you know the Divine Feminine album was was crazy. The Good AM album was crazy. He had that moment with the tiny desk, which was you know outrageous. Uh. Best Day Ever album, crazy. Um, yeah, man, and I just, I just have, I got Mac number one. I, I don't see how anyone would not have him number one. Come on, this, he made this. Mac made this song right here, "Objects in the Mirror." Like, just listen to this, man. Rest in peace to Mac too, man. Gone too soon. Definitely should still be here. Watch your kind of find it strange how the times have changed. 
Come on, that's a classic. Mac made that. Objects in the mirror is always a is always a vibe, man. That's a classic record right there. And I just don't see how, you know what I mean, we don't have I I think he I'm not gonna say Mac gets disrespected in the hip hop world, but I think that he should be talked about a lot more. I will say that. But there's no way you doing a top five white rappers list and don't have Mac at one, at worst two. I mean, if you want to put him behind Eminem, I'm not going to de super debate you about it. But at worst, he would be number two. I mean, not on my list, but I could see him, you know, being, you know, number two on some other people's list. Mac made this too, man. Come on, that's another classic. Mac made this, man. This is crazy. It's another classic right here. We got time okay. today, man. Yeah. Uh, we in between heaven and hell. Fucking nine to five, I'd rather end up dead or in jail. American Ninja to these obstacles, no stopping me. We on the move. Your mouth running like a prostitute. Keep your hand to yourself. I work on the wordplay. You know. I'm done with tricks, don't need no money to blow. Deadly aim, self contained, superstar to yell the name. Blood diamonds, finna go to hell for my chain. A piece fitted on my head, though. I'm too high, you can't reach me with the cell phone. No goodbyes, no hellos. You don't want this life I live. You'd rather have a wife and kids. Shooting dice with Jesus Christ for 20 on the midnight. Come on, the word, I mean, the wordplay. Blue Slide Park, I mean, come on, the wordplay is just crazy, man. Mac Mac is is definitely a legend, um, and I got him coming to number one on my top five white rappers list. So I, I'm, so yeah, that so let's let's do a quick recap of my top five white rappers list. I mean, could there be some other people on there potentially? Yeah, but G I got Jeezy coming in at number five, Jack Harlow coming in at number four, Posty coming in at number three. Eminem at number two, and of course the God Mac Miller coming in at number one as the top white rapper of all time, and I'm standing on that. And that yeah, that's what we rocking with. That's what I'm standing on. So um, kind of stand in the the hip hop you know um, industry culture culture industry. Let's Met Gala. Of course, the Met Gala was yesterday. Um, I ain't going to spend too much time on the Met Gala because I ain't going to front. I was watching the basketball game. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? I, the Met Gala is not really for me. I got most of my Met Gala updates from my mother. Uh, she was definitely watching it heavy. She was into it. She told me how long. Uh, she told me that they used a thousand pearls or something to make Kim Kardashian's dress. And it took, a, you know, so many hundred thousand hours to, to make this dress for somebody else. And I... You know, I mean, she she was definitely into that heavy. Uh, she talked about, she showed me about Little Nas X's outfit. 
which I'm not sure if that was an outfit or if he was, you know, had silver spray painted on him. I was not really sure. But, um, you know, I guess with Little Nas X, you expect him to push the envelope a little bit. So his outfit was not to be, was was to be expected. Um, Kendall Jenner outfit, she looks, she looks amazing. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, anything Kardashian, Jenner, Kylie Jenner looked amazing. Um, who else did I see? Uh, Janelle Monet always shuts it down every time. It don't matter where you see Janelle Monet at, she's killing the game. You know what I mean? I don't it's I don't know what's going on. I think Janelle Monet is from Nebraska or something. Her and Gabrielle Union, they must be the only black chicks in Nebraska because but Nebraska didn't put out two of the finest uh looking females in the world. Uh of course Gabrielle Union, Dwayne Wade looked amazing as well. They always shut it down when they when they step on the carpet. Um, who else did I see that looked good? Mary J. Blige looked incredible. Which is, you know, that's what you, Mary J. Blige is an icon. So, um, all her looks are always going to be fashionable and top of the line. Uh, Diddy and Young Miami definitely came and shut down the carpet as well. Uh, of course, the snippet that's going around with, you know, Diddy um, being interviewed by Lala and, and Lala asking Diddy where him and Young Miami are and Diddy sweating and just saying that they don't want to put the title on their, you know, their, what they are and, and you know, Young Miami pretty much saying that, you know, they're, they're, you know, they don't have a title. You know what I mean? They're on a date. They're having a good date night and let's just leave it at that. And I think we should just leave it at that. We don't need to go around all in their business uh, trying to figure out what, what exactly they are. They're enjoying each other's company. That's what it appears like. That's what it looks like to me. They're enjoying each other's company. So, uh, who else? Who else shut it down? Um, ASAP Rocky, Rihanna, of course. Rihanna looked, man, she just looked stunning. Um, Cardi looked stunning as usual. I don't know how I feel about gray hair though. I, I gotta. I don't know, cause I don't know how I feel about that. I guess I don't know if that's silver or gray. I, I'm not really sure what color that is, but I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it looked good on Cardi, but of course anything looks good on Cardi. But I don't know how I feel about that color on young, like younger women. So, um, but yeah, I mean the Met Gala. I mean the Met Gala looks are always going to be top top tier. Um, Tiana Taylor. Man, she looks good at anything, obviously. Um, she definitely shut it down, too. And, I mean, yeah, do I want to go to the Met Gala one day? I guess I do because I guess that's the thing that everybody goes to. But I don't know if I'm wearing anything crazy, though. And the wildest outfit I seen tonight was Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny had on like a like a gown. His back was out. And then he had like a, like the ending of whatever outfit he had on was like 50 feet long, 30, 40 feet long. So I don't know if that's fashion. I don't know. I mean, he just, I mean, he's dating Kendall Jenner. That's the rumor that, you know, him and uh, Kendall are, are kind of cozying up with each other. But, um, I, I, you know, you got your back out, man. You, I don't know. You got your back out with a gown on. I don't know if that's fashion or I don't know what that is. But, uh. 
we gonna, you know, we'll roll with it though. You know what I mean? We will definitely roll with it. Uh, yeah. So that that's that's all we got from the Met Gala. Like, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not gonna sit here in front like I was literally watching the Met Gala all like that because I definitely was not. But it's a big event. You know what I mean? You know, most of the the, the hip hop culture goes there. Idris Elba look nice, um, and they go there and and you know and put that put that put that stuff on, and you know show out and show out for the crowd. So look at this. I'm already over a half an hour, and this is the extension of last night's episode, and I'm already over a half an hour already. That's crazy. That just goes to show you the time just be flying for real. Um, so let's kind of get out of the Met Gala. We, we, you know, I, I yeah, you got to cover it just because it's it's a big deal. But you're not getting no extensive breakdown for me on the Met Gala. I'm sorry, that just ain't happening. So let's kind of transition over into this no no of the week, and this no no of the week kind of stays in the artsy world. Uh, and what we have, and I, I, I for some reason, I, I want to say this might be a, a little older no-no, but I'm not 100% positive, but it looks like this story is a little old. Uh, so why it's resurfaced, I don't know, but it has resurfaced. And this no-no of the week goes to David Detuna. Yes, yes, that's how I guess that's how you pronounce his name, David Detuna. Um, and David Detuna is um, an installation and performance artist from Georgia. And while he was at an art gallery, he pulled a banana that was duct taped to a wall that was worth one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. He pulled. Which it was a piece of art, peeled the art, you know, peeled off the art piece from the wall and ate it while hundreds of stunned onlookers watched. Um, the tuna stated that it wasn't vandalism, it was art performance for me, and absolutely, he's not sorry. The banana was part of an exhibit by renowned Italian artist Maurizio Catalines at Art Basel, Miami Beach. The piece was titled Comedian. Um, and this guy, I guess, was hungry, you know, uh, <laughs> I guess this guy was hungry, man. Um, when asked how it was possible that he ate Catalan's art, the tuna insisted that he did not consider the performance as defacing another artist's work and even called the duct tape banana a genius idea. Um, in this case, it's not like I ate art, the tuna said. Like the gallery said, it's not a banana. It's a concept. And I just ate the concept of the artist. So I think this is cool. This is fun. This is what art's about. I don't see nothing cool about eating $120,000 worth of worth of art. I, I, I just don't see it. So why? I mean, I know you're hungry. You walking around, you know what I mean? Art Basel. I'm sure they got food there. If I'm the person who, you know, the artist, Catalina, I'm extremely mad at this guy. Extremely. Because I want to know why you think it's okay 
to even, you know what I mean, touch my art. I, I think when you go to these places, when you, I've been to the Art Institute before. I've been to Carnegie, you know, uh, museum. You're not allowed to touch anything in there. That stuff is like, it's priceless. You're not allowed to touch anything in there. So why would you think that you can go in there and touch this man's, you know, artwork? I don't care if it's a banana or not. And the crazy part is that he said he planned to eat the banana early in the morning. He even saved his appetite for his potassium-filled meal of the day. He said, I called the performance Hungry Artist because I was hungry and I just ate it. I I just, I don't know, man. I do not know. Does he have to pay for that? And, I, you know, many in the gallery were angered when he ate the banana. Uh, Detuna said he wasn't afraid of going to jail. In fact, before his performance, before he ate the banana, he asked his friends to prepare to call his lawyers in case he was arrested. Man, I, that's that's unheard of. That I mean, this 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 story is unheard of. You know, I don't expect something like this to happen. Um, I that that you just that's just not something you just don't expect that to happen. I don't know why, but you just don't. And David Detuna. If I'm the artist, Kathleen, you you owe me five minutes. Not only do you owe me $120,000, but you owe me five minutes outside in the parking lot. Because I, I'm not understanding why you thought it was okay to do something like that to something that I've put together. Now, I don't know how artsy a banana being duct taped to a wall is. I'm, I mean, I'm going to leave that up to the art folks. Uh, my cousin is an artist. She's, you know, she's had, um, you know, galleries and, and her own um, exhibits. I think, yeah, they're called exhibits. And she's, you know, she, she's been uh, featured in, you know, different articles, um, different exhibits, you know, all over the United States and the world. And so I, I had to ask her, you know, why does banana was, is considered art? But you know, I guess what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? Art is in the eye of the beholder. So obviously, Catalina thought that this banana being duct tape was extremely artistic. And David Detuna completely disrespected that art and ate the banana. Hundred twenty thousand dollars worth, five minutes worth worth of parking lot action. David Detuna, we can't go for that, man. This no no is going to you. For sure. That no no is going to you for show for show. Uh man, that's crazy, man. So last episode, no, was that no? So last episode, episode fifty-five, which you guys have not uh, officially heard yet. Um, I did kind of, you know, state at the end of that episode we were going to kind of, you know, get into some some financial talk, uh, some real estate talk, investments talk, and let's kind of transition over to that, and and kind of get into that. Um, now I'm I'm fairly new to investing and just, you know, trying to financial literacy, I guess it would be the phrase that I'm, I'm kind of fairly new to. Uh, I have been kind of tapping into that 
to you know to the financial literacy uh maybe I'd say maybe about two years two and a half years give or take so I'm still relatively new uh in regards to real estate that's something I'm definitely trying to get into as well um I'm partially in it right now but that's here nor there um but just, you know, businesses, investments, things of that nature. I mean, you know, things that, to create generational wealth. So I think that's something that, that we as a culture, as black people, definitely did not have a head start on. Um, but, you know, we're, we're learning. You know what I mean? We're playing catch up, but we are learning. And I think it goes a long way uh, to changing, you know, people's family dynamics. Um. So with with the you know investing in in real estate, and I believe you know at Wall Street Trapper definitely one of the pioneers in this financial literacy world. Earn your leisure definitely you know other pioneers. They're at the forefront of teaching the culture about financial literacy. They got InvestFest coming up, I believe in August or September. I think I don't have the exact date. I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me on that date. But just putting together an event like that uh, for the culture is needed. You know what I mean? It's definitely needed. So, you know, as as we are playing kind of catch up into into this this game, this financial game, um, one of the things that, you know, Trap talks about, Wall Street Trapper talks about is the triangle offense, which is stocks, real estate and entrepreneurship, you know, owning businesses. And I guess the outlier on that would be gold. That would probably be the fourth thing on that list. Uh, but, you know, I, I have been investing as of late have i taken some l's yes i have because i'm still learning the process but now that i you know am better uh adept at um when i want to invest and what i want to invest in i have seen you know better days uh one of the main investments um that i like are REITs uh, which are real estate investment trusts. Um, and that's a company that owns and in most cases operates income producing real estate. Uh, REITs own many types of commercial real estates, including office and apartment buildings, warehouses, hospitals, shopping centers, hotels, commercial, you know, commercial uh, forests. And some REITs engage in financing real estate. So, um if you are unable to get into you know real estate in regards of actually buying property uh let's say you're priced out of the you know the housing market if you're unable to afford or unwilling to manage a rental property there's another way of deriving passive income from real estate from real estate investments and those those are REITs so um assets you know owned by REITs uh, also include single-family homes, townhomes, apartments, condos, things of that nature. Uh, what makes REITs investments attractive is that with a relative, relatively modest amount of money, um, one can make an investment in lar- in a large real estate portfolio. And in that portfolio, uh, you don't really have to, you know, rental property requires a sizable down payment and mortgage. A REIT investment can be made for the price of a single share which is much more affordable. Um, just $100 can get an everyday person investor uh, exposure to a well-diversified commercial real estate and all the benefits that go with it. 
um, REITs are important. You know, it's an important investment for both retirement savers and for retirees who require a continuing income stream to meet their living expenses. Um, I think one of the uh, main REITs, which is which I actually own, let, let's see, how many shares of uh, realty income? Um, it's actually quoted and called uh, the Monthly Dividend Company. And that company has been around for what I think it said ooh, what okay well anyway I don't remember the exact date of when it started but they have 25 years of consecutive dividend increases that's the main thing we need to worry about uh, on April 11th realty income declared its 634th consecutive monthly dividend to continue its streak the REIT currently yields 5% dividend realty income has 12,200 properties, including Walmart, Chipotle, 7-Eleven, and Walgreens, among other properties. Uh, so basically, like, if you invest in, you know, realty income, you are basically part owner of Walmart, Chipotle, Walgreens, 7-Eleven. Like, those are businesses that you own in that REIT. Um, I currently own, let's see, how many shares of, of O do I own? The, the, the ticker symbol is O. Um... If you're, you know, on the New York Stock Exchange, that's the typical symbol. And I currently own, I think I, I own uh, over 10 shares of, of Realty Income in, I believe, three different areas. I believe I own two shares on TD Ameritrade. I believe I own five shares on Public. Shout out to Public. If you don't know what Public is, I, I learned about Public um, through Angela Yee um, on her Wealth Wednesdays. But Public is basically... An investing app. It is similar to Facebook. It is a social networking app for investors and investing in which you can also buy and sell stocks on that app. And they do crypto, but I'm not a crypto person. But I believe I own five shares of O on public, and I believe I own seven or eight shares of of O um, on my Millennium Trust account. I don't know why I just told you all my accounts, but anyway, um, yeah. So I, I have a I have a lot invested in, into that REIT. I believe that with the monthly dividend that it pays out, uh, essentially, you know, you own real estate. You know, when you own real estate, you usually get paid monthly. Um, my way of owning real estate is is through you know through that stock. Uh, so it's definitely something to look into. Uh, in regards to other stocks that you definitely want to get into that are other REITs, uh, you have Avalon Bay, Commuters Inc., you have Mid-American Apartment Communities, um, W.P. Carey Inc., Crown Castle, Boston Properties Inc. Those are other REITs that you can look into. Um, if that part of you know of stock and uh, real estate does not interest you, you can always, you know, just invest in, you know, regular businesses that you like, such as Apple, Microsoft, Google, uh, Facebook is definitely one of the better ones, Meta, you know, Facebook would be Meta, which is owner of Instagram and Facebook. And I mean, it, it's, you know, I just kind of wanted to kind of tap into this, this part of, um, 
uh, of you know financial literacy because I don't think I've ever talked about this on any of my episodes, but I believe that it's something that needs to be talked about. Um, in regards to entrepreneurship, you know, if you can find a business to start, definitely something to look into. Um, being your own boss, I think a lot of people would like to control their own 24 hours, which is something that Trap says as well. Controlling and owning your own 24 hours, being your own boss, um, being able to, you know, uh, make your time work for you. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so it's just something that, you know, I just wanted to kind of talk about that, man. If you have any thoughts on it, definitely leave them in the comments. Uh, if you have any other, you know, stocks that you're high on that you, you know, think, you know, people should get into, you know, definitely, definitely tap in, man. I think that it's something that we could all benefit from. Um, there's a lot of money to be made uh, on the stock market and in real estate, passive income. You know, always want to make money while you're sleeping, making your money work for you. Uh, making your dollars, you know, that, that you don't want them to just be sitting there because they're not appreciating or, you know, gaining any value. Um, S&P 500, Dow Jones, NASDAQ, those are all, you know, index funds are always uh, good things to invest in. ETFs are always good good to invest in, um, you know, because with the ETFs, it's minimal risk. You own multiple companies in an ETF stock, and that allows you to kind of, Spread your portfolio around. Say you want to own Google, you want to own Facebook, you want to own Microsoft, but you don't want to own them individually. You want them all in one, and then you got you know ETFs, uh, exchange trader fund, and you can own those companies without as much risk. Um, so just kind of you know just kind of spread your portfolio out just a little bit. So yeah, man. So tap in, man. If you have any 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 tips. Uh, anything that you think that would be beneficial for people to pass on, you know, information-wise, man, I think we got to do that. I think that, you know, us as, as, as in the culture, um, we I think we got to, in, in regards to that financial literacy, that's something that we got to help each other out with. That That's one thing. I mean, I understand, you know, everybody likes to do their own thing, but, I mean, they print money every day. We just got to find out a way to get it. That's all. So, and you know, with this whole thing, I think they just announced that uh, the U.S. can be bankrupt by June first if we don't. They think the Treasury uh, Director announced something like that. I highly doubt that this is gonna happen. Um, but you know, right now, I mean, things are a little dicey. You know what I mean? They're a little dicey financial wise. You know what I mean? Banks, you know, not having money for you know people. And closing down and things of that nature, so it's just a, it's just a little dicey, man. Just a little dicey, and you know when when things like that happen, your money's messed up. People be angry, you know what I'm saying? People do not be happy, man. I think it makes the world a dangerous place when uh, when the money ain't right. So, um, you know, people, you know what I mean? They start they start wilding out, man. Eh? You know what I mean? So definitely. Uh, we're going to keep entertaining the financial literacy talk. Hopefully once a week, uh, I would like to kind of get into some talk, um, market talk, uh, business talk, entrepreneurship. Speaking of entrepreneurs, shout out to 50 Cent. I think I spoke about it, you know, on episode, my visual episode 55. Uh, he just made a, a big purchase where he purchased um, 
G which he's going to turn into G Unit Studios. That was a very big purchase, but it's an investment. Ultimately, he's going to make his shows there. I guess he's trying to get rid of stars and, and be on his own. And he made a you know a big purchase. He invested in himself. And I think sometimes you got to be willing to bet on yourself uh, in regards to situations like that. So. Yeah, man. So let's kind of let's kind of transition out of that. But I did want to, you know, like I said, I did want to kind of tap into it. Um, let's see. We got a couple minutes left. What else do I want to get into? Um, I do have a shining segment that I do kind of want to get into. Uh, yeah. So let's get in. Let's get into our shining segment. Um. We are going to shine, this this shining segment is going to Michelle Young from The Bachelorette. I believe she was on Matt James' season. Uh, she did end up losing. Uh, she was in the final two, but she did end up losing. But Michelle Young is a teacher from Minnesota. She has partnered with Hippie Feet. Uh, Hippie Feet is, is a nonprofit organization. They donate 50% of net profits to serve young people experiencing homelessness. Um, and what Michelle Young has done has partnered with Hippie Feet. She's had students uh, design, um, make designs, and those designs have been going on to socks. And each pair of socks, you know, as I stated before, 50% goes towards the organization. And I think it's a cool thing that, you know, her students, these are elementary students that design these socks, they essentially, you know, uh, created art that people are going to be wearing. You know what I mean? So I think that's a cool thing, man. They could be walking down the street, somebody could have on a pair of socks that they designed. And I just kind of want to, yeah, I, you know, anything for the youth is, is something I'm always up for. Uh, Michelle Young definitely, you know, doing what she did. Um, as a teacher and being in that, uh, you know, teachers always underpaid, overworked. So, um, yeah, her, her and that partnership, yeah, it's a dope thing, man. I think it's super dope that she's doing that. I believe that it's definitely well needed. I mean, the kids are always, you know, always trying to, um, you know, always trying to be creative in whichever ways they can they can create, and now that their creativity is going to a positive thing, a positive organization, I think it's dope, man. I think it's dope. So I I just wonder, you know, this shining segment was for you, Michelle Young. You are appreciated. You might not think people are noticing, but you are definitely appreciated, man. Uh, this shining segment is for you, man. This shining segment. Is for you, Michelle Young from The Bachelor. Um, and I think she was on she was on something else too, but I know her from The Bachelor. I, oh no, matter of fact, she had her own season of The Bachelorette where she was the one. So she went from being a bachelor on Matt James, being a final two, to then having her own season of The Bachelorette, in which she chose a dude named Nate, and it I think they broke up, it didn't really work out too well. Uh, but yeah, man. So, you know, she's still out here though, man, but it's, it's, it's still, it still takes nothing away from what she's doing positively in the community and in the world. Uh, 
that's all we got, man. We getting out of here, man. Um, we kind of gonna gonna close out on that positive note. Um, crazy episode, man. Definitely a crazy episode, especially with what happened when I was recording. You know, at first and how I just got all woozy. I don't know, man. And I try to take the sinus medicine before I record so I'm not congested while I'm talking. But uh, no, we made it through, man. You know what I mean? Sometimes you gotta muscle through. And, and and get and get it done, man. That's all. But uh, yeah, man, we getting out of here. Episode fifty six. Hopefully, I'll have the YouTube episode up uh, by the end of this week. And now I see why people pay editors and videographers and stuff like that because it's a lot of work. But hopefully, I will have that up sooner than later. And what I also realize is that. I have to make shorter YouTube videos. So you might be getting shorts um, that I'll be adding to my YouTube page. So I think that might be more the way to go. I think our episodes on YouTube, it's a long watch. Uh, so the shorts might be more the, the thing for me to go to. But um, yeah, that's it, man. We getting out of here, man. You got it, episode 56. We out of here. Gia! Lakers Warriors tonight. Let's see. King James versus Chef Curry. Hey, give me some feedback on my top five white rappers list too, man. And I, and I hope everybody don't have no. I hope I don't get no backlash for that. But yeah, check my top five white rappers list out too. And we had a Kanye sighting last week too. He looked healthy, man. I don't know if he looked happy, but he looked healthy. Prayers up for Jamie Foxx. Always, man. Get well soon, Jamie Foxx. Like Martin with no Gina. Like a flight with no visa. First class with the seat back. I still see you in my past. You on the other side of the glass. Oh, and tune in tonight. Jason Lee. Uh, Jason Lee show got Young Miami on. I think it's eight or nine o'clock. I think, yeah, eight or nine o'clock. Um, Jason Lee show, Young Miami. You know that interview is gonna be crazy. See if the Knicks can battle back tonight too. And tie this series up. I don't want SA to be depressed tomorrow coming in the first take. You got it, episode 56. We gone.